Alrighty. All right, guys, welcome to uh, Live from America podcast. This is Hatem alongside Noam Dorman, the owner of the legendary Comedy Cellar, which hopefully will be opened very soon, in two months or so, I think, I hope. Yeah, sure. And uh, great lineup. One of the best comedians in the world uh, and good friend of mine. <laughs> uh, you see it in Comedy Central, Netflix, all over. He's the host of the, one of the best and the top podcasts in the, in the world in the U.S., uh, it's called You Know What, Dude, and it's Robert Kelly. He's right here. Hi, Hello, buddy. Robert. Hi, pal. And you will have, uh, we'll have the, um, the link to his Twitter and podcast in the, uh, in the link below. Uh, and also, our guest of honor is a former federal prosecutor and MSNBC and NBC legal analyst, Glenn Kutchner. And his YouTube channel is actually also one of the best channels I've ever seen. I, I loved it. I was checking it out last night, and it's just amazing. And uh, we'll have the link to it also in the, um, in the description so you guys can uh, follow. Glenn, good to have you. Hey, happy to be with you guys. Uh, good year for you, huh? Busy, yeah, busy it's, time? it's been a, a full year. It's been an exciting <laughs> year. Yeah, lot, lots for us former prosecutors to talk about because there's so darn much crime going on. Uh, yeah. So uh, there's two norms in the screen, which is crazy, but great. <laughs> like we we can't have like we're enough with one gnome now we have two <laughs> he just he's one. playing mental games on me and robert uh okay. so glenn what's uh what's gonna happen what's what's away trump for with all the legal uh battles like yeah so listen if we can get everybody safely through january 6th because you know donald trump has been tweeting out that all of his, what I call the boy groups, the Boogaloo boys, the Proud boys, the Wolverine boys, all the boy bands, all the hate groups, they're all supposed to come to DC for what Donald Trump has promised, and I quote, will be a wild time. So if we can get everybody safely through January 6th, then we can get uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris inaugurated on January 20th, and that is when I contend the justice begins, because we have been justice-free for at least the past few years, while we've had to suffer the ugly tandem combination of Bill Barr and Donald Trump, lawless and corrupt. This coming from a guy who was a federal prosecutor for 30 years, including nearly a quarter of a century, at the Department of Justice. And all of my friends and former colleagues up the street at Justice and at the 94 U.S. Attorney's offices around the country have been laboring under a corrupt, lawless attorney general. And I talk to them every day and they are sick every day, but they keep their heads down. They keep doing the hard work on behalf of the American people. And they're waiting for the sun to rise on January 20th. And it will. But do you think uh, the six is going to be a big deal or is it just going to be? It's going to be a lot of hot air, a lot of carbon dioxide by a lot of politicians, but it will have zero impact yeah. on the electoral college vote being certified because other people have said it. I wish I could take credit for it. Mike Pence is nothing more than hosting the Oscars, opening the envelopes and announcing the winners. Yet you're going to hear a lot of politicians running their mouths like yeah. the Josh Hawley character, like we're going to let this guy end our democracy. And then once Josh Hawley started getting all kinds of media attention 
for saying he's going to object to the will of the American voters. You had a little Ted Cruz. He had to pipe up and say, me too. Everybody look at me. I'm going to try to end democracy as well because he saw Hawley getting all of the attention. This whole thing is an ugly political game. And all they're doing is trying to curry favor with Donald Trump's base for the next election. And yeah. it's ugly, it's undemocratic, it's unpatriotic. And all some of these people care about is either acquiring or retaining power. We have one of the people that are going in the sixth to DC. Uh, Norm, what do you feel about this? Um... About the sixth in DC? I didn't even know about it. I, I've, I've been so... What? He's, up. he's been crazy the last couple of weeks. Did you know I, about it, Robert? No. Wait, I, but I want to question. I want a couple of questions. So just, just, just so I know what you're talking about. What's, what was, what's the most lawless thing that Bill Barr did? Oh, where, where do you want to start? Do you no, want to just, start? Just, just the most lawless thing. The most lawless. Oh, it, you know, you're, you're asking a 30-year prosecutor. So I, I, I take particular exception with him gassing peaceful protesters at Lafayette Park who were exercising their First Amendment rights to free speech and to peaceably assemble in D.C., where I prosecuted for decades, that's called assault. It also happens to be depriving those protesters of their constitutional rights. Barr is the one who greenlit that. That's a crime. I also, every time he appeared before Congress, he was lying under oath. I think one of the starkest examples of that is when Kamala Harris asked him, did Donald Trump or anyone at the White House tell you to open an investigation into somebody. And Bill Barr said, humana, humana, humana. I don't know what the word suggest means. And then he settled on the answer under oath. I don't know, because he got frustrated and he didn't want to outright lie. Well, guess what? Anybody who thinks I don't know under oath is a perjury proof answer. It's not, because if it was, I'd never be able to successfully indict or prosecute anybody because everybody could go into court and say, I don't know. That's what's called perjury. More accurately, it's a false statement before Congress that carries a five-year, up to five-year prison term. And, you know, I could go on and on about crimes, crimes that Bill Barr committed. The only question I have, does he already have a pocket pardon that was issued by Donald Trump in recent weeks before he broke with Trump? and started to say there's no election fraud undermining Biden's election. When I heard him say that, I thought, okay, he already has his pardon because there's no requirement that a pardon be delivered publicly by the president. So there's a whole lot that we're gonna have to unravel beginning in January about Bill Barr. All right, I'm so I'm so fatigued from the last four years of arguing about this stuff that I'm, I'm almost, <laughs> that I, anyway, I just don't even know where to begin. But you know, I'm sorry, my phone, my computer. I mean, the, all right, it, it, bar ordered tear gassing of of peaceful protesters. All right, I mean, I mean, I mean he did yeah. a lot. That's one of, one of the things. No, I remember he ordered the, them clearing the the park, but you know, that's not the first time in my lifetime I've seen protests cleared. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. That's lawless. I, I don't know. Yeah, it is. Law it, it's lawful if there's an imminent threat and you're pushing back protesters. Um, there was no imminent threat by everyone's admission. Donald Trump wanted to take a stroll across the street to hold up a book in front of a church he never attended, a book he never read for a photo op. You don't get to gas peaceful protesters to allow the president a photo op. That's a crime. If you're addressing an imminent threat, 
then that could be a legitimate use of governmental force. These are things that we contend with every day in court. But, 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 okay, but this was not a peaceful protest. There was fires. There was people. There was people who were injured. There was. This was not um, kumbaya protesting. We all saw it on TV. I mean, I'm not saying he should have cleared the park or not, but I'm like, but it's not like to say that it's a peace. It was some sort of peaceful. I wouldn't let my family have gone to that protest. I would have been scared for their safety. It was. They were climbing the fences. I mean, come on now. Let's just be not at Lafayette Park when the gassing commenced. And, and I was at Lafayette Park a number of times for the protests. And yes, had they been advancing on the White House, had they been setting fires at that moment, like they did in places around the country, which is also criminal, you get to peaceably protest. You don't get to set fires and loot joints. Um, so there is a difference. That's not what was going so here's, on. At so here's Barr's Park. testimony. I'm looking, it says, uh, all I heard was comments about how peaceful the process were. I, did, I didn't hear about the fact that there were 150 law enforcement officers injured and many taken to the hospital with concussions. Is he lying? Oh, yeah. Oh, Barr lies. If his lips how, do you know, how do you know he's, he's lying. lying? How do you know he's Be, lying? Because he made other statements that this was a pre-planned maneuver whereby we wanted to push back the perimeter. And it wasn't a coincidence that at that moment, Donald Trump strolled across the street. You have to look at what they did not just what they say. Right. So you're saying when he says that the law enforcement officers were injured, he's he's making that up. Oh, he, he, nobody yes. had a question. And you, and you have. But you're just saying that I'm, I'm not supposed to take your word for it. But I haven't. No, seen I'm saying it. I'm saying we saw the footage of what went on at Lafayette Park. There were no law enforcement officers being injured in the run up to him saying we've got to move the perimeter back so the president can stroll over to the church. I mean, so you know, he I'm had not saying, listen, I am I am a fan and a friend and a supporter of all of our law enforcement agencies that I just worked with for three decades. And I don't care if it's MPD, FBI, ATF, DEA, Park Police, Capitol Police, Secret Service, Uniform Division, the U.S. Marshal Service, Postal Police, Amtrak Police, Metro Police, Smithsonian Police, Federal Protective Service. I worked with them all. Those are my friends. Those are my former colleagues. I'm telling you, right, from my impression, you can have a different impression. Right is right, wrong is wrong. So much of what this administration has done is wrong. And if it was Democrats doing wrong, I'd be calling out the Democrats for doing wrong because I'm an apolitical guy. Grew up in an apolitical household with a pop who was a out of work high school football coach. We didn't do politics. Truth be told, I voted for as many Republicans as I voted for Democrats. So I don't have a political dog in this fight. I have a law and order dog in this fight. And we've seen a lawless Trump what, administration. What do you know about Interior Secretary David Bernhardt? I'm reading, I'm just reading as you say, it says uh, he sent a letter saying the officers faced a state of siege leading up to clearing of the protesters, uh, saying violence during demonstrations was indis indisputable. And he goes on to like same stuff, people being injured. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to find a fact check where they, where they say it's a lie and I just can't find one. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, I think they always put out press releases afterwards to try to cover up what they did or try to legitimize what they did. What I saw in the Lafayette protests and the statements that I heard issued thereafter, you know, and you look at Bill Barr's pattern, you look at what he did with Mike Flynn, you look at what he did with Roger Stone, you look at what he did to you thought, you thought Stone Michael should have Cohen. gotten you, you thought Stone should have gotten that really strong sentence for his oh, credit card dog. Well, that's one of crazy. my one of my former homicide prosecutors was the lead prosecutor in the case, and I was sitting in court watching the Stone trial. Yeah, when you lie to Congress 
in the most consequential criminal investigation, interference by a foreign power into our free and fair elections. When you lie about that to Congress, as the judge found to cover up for the president. Yeah, I, I take that seriously. They used a threat against a dog that was a bullshit threat. We know Randy Credico. I've spoken to him about it. He was never, he never even thought the threat was serious. And they had the nerve to use that as an excuse to increase the amount of time that a man's liberty was taken away from him. I would say that's lawless, actually. And I'm not saying Stone shouldn't have gone to jail. Obviously, he committed crimes. But to bring in the, the, this comment about your dog, that's, that's, that's banana republic shit, too. Come on now. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was I, ridiculous. That was a blight. On our country, Robert could just that. jump in. Uh, no, I'm just not going to stop. I, I mean, we no, know Randy Credico. You know Randy Credico. I mean, I mean, I had him on my podcast. He was he's laughing about this stuff. If he, I, he I know him as I know him as well, and I talked to him about his victim impact statement. I also run a nonprofit for victims of crime, yeah. and yeah, he spoke his truth when it came to the victim impact statement. He just just stick with me here. He submitted to the court, and he said, "Yeah, you know what? I know Roger Stone." I didn't take the death threat seriously. I, I love that you go right to the dog, but you ignore the death threat. Prepare yeah. to die, and I will take the dog from you. And he said, you know what? I didn't think he was going to kill me, and I didn't think he was going to kidnap my dog. But here's the thing. You know the law of communicating a threat doesn't hinge on how it's perceived by the target of the threat. Ah, so that was fair that's, that's, that's the That's the technicality we can use to put all people in jail, that, that the law... The, the way that everyday people, like if I tell Hatem, yeah, Hatem, I'm going to fucking kill you and I'm going to kill your dog too. And he knows I'm just talking like the way I talk to him. Someday in the future, I can go to jail for that because the law, oh, come on now. I, I don't see that as lawless. Then change I, I, the law. Vote vote, and change your elected representatives and have them change the law. By the way, the I, think you're, says, I think you're incorrect about, I think of the law of a threat does require the threat to be meant. I mean, I mean, we and, have and, only and one. Where, where did just show me where in the law or in what case you've prosecuted that you were successful with that argument? Yeah. I don't think I, I every time somebody says somebody else, I'm going to kill you. That's not a crime. It's it, communicating a threat. I can email you the code site if you would like. It's communicating a threat. It doesn't hinge on how it's perceived because if it are you was, saying the, the sentence I'm going to kill you is illegal. If you communicate a threat to another that is a crime. I'm not saying it's prosecuted all the I'm time. Sorry, no. Because it gets said all the time. But it That's is a crime. It's not true. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Glenn on that one. Of course you will, but it's not true. <laughs> I'm gonna apologize for no to Noam for saying that to him a couple of times. And Hatam, I accept your apology. <laughs> That's that's true. So so I, I you know I want to move it a little bit to something else. So now now a lot of people are talking about like um, getting after Donald Trump and all that. So, Glenn, my question is, and Robert, too, like, I, I don't know if you guys can tell I'm from the Middle East. I know it's hard to believe it, but, you know, so what we do is as soon as the president is done, everybody's just jump on him. And I'm afraid that this could happen here. And so it's two part of why this is happening now and why it didn't happen to Hillary Clinton. She's just as corrupt as as uh, what's his name? Trump, right? Yeah, I can't do. I don't I'm sorry. I didn't know who was, that was directed to. Good. Oh, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, it's for you. Oh, I'm sorry. OK. Yeah, I don't. Um. I don't do whataboutism. I say, I don't care if you're an R or a D or an independent. If you do crime, you need to be held accountable. I think part of the reason we've ended up here 
is because we chronically refuse to hold criminal politicians accountable. And that's why we get more criminal politicians. You know, if you want more bank robberies, stop prosecuting bank robbers. Everybody's going to go out and prosecute a and commit a bank robbery. So, yeah, I, I think it's high time we start holding criminal politicians accountable. So why is, why is it starting now? Why not with Hillary, which I think it was, she was more in a little bit. Uh, you're, you're asking somebody who did, doesn't have the authority to you know, order prosecutions of political criminals. So I can't answer why have we gone this way as a country yeah. in recent decades? I, I wish it had been different. And I wish we had a core of all law abiding politicians in Congress and elsewhere. Obviously, we don't. Okay, so, so, to, hold on, just two things. Hold on, Sorry. so just, just two things. I, I would encourage listeners, because I don't want to rehat, to, to look up the whole Bar Lafayette Park thing, because I've been trying in good faith <laughs> to find some fact check, which backs up the fact that he ordered gas and whatever it is, and, and I, I I can't find it. I see, I see actually see articles from the AP that saying Barr claims he didn't even order the clearing, that but he agreed with the decision. I, don't, I see many things of people who are, who are, um, saying that people, cops were actually injured. I can't find like a factcheck.org or political fact that says it's not true. I'm not saying it's true or not true, but I, I would just encourage people to look it up for themselves. Number one. Number two, I'm looking up the law of threats. A threat, a criminal threat is a, a crime of intentionally or knowingly putting another person in fear of bodily injury. So, it, you know, does, does Stone, uh, was he really intentionally um, uh, putting critical in fear of bodily injury. I mean, that's up for a jury to decide. It doesn't seem to me like he was intentionally um, that, that he was and a jury and a jury decided it. You no, know, they didn't decide that issue. And it doesn't seem to me that they met. They use that in sentencing, which they is another, which is, which is, a, which is a big, ugly loophole in the law where they can bring stuff into the sentencing uh, that that was not actually passed over by the jury. This is what happened to the, the other. The, what was the people on the dark web that we had? A couple of years ago, oh, I was going to ask Glenn about the Silk um, Road, Russell Russell Albright. Yeah, that, that same thing happened to him. Where you know the, the the jury never actually deliberated on whether or not this was actually a threat, and then the judge will use it uh, as as a part of the sentencing. So I don't blame Bill Barr. And by the way, I, we had liberal prosecutors on here who also agreed that the sentence was excessive against Stone. So it's not even not that unusual. But, you know, the, the thing that gets me is that what Bill Barr did do was keep the whole Hunter Biden investigation thing a secret all through the election when he could have when he could have leaked it. And and, um, you know, that took me aback. I said, well, I have to reconsider what I'm doing. Do not believe about Bill Barr in light of the fact that he had a big, juicy opportunity there to actually do something lawless with no fingerprints on it. And uh, if he wanted to stay in his job and he didn't do it, you know, so that, that seemed honorable to me. And I'm with you. He did the right thing there. And when yeah. he does the right thing, I'm going to give him credit because our uh, our protocol at the Department of Justice says you never you never um, out a pending investigation. You don't do it. Just like Comey, in my opinion, shouldn't have done it back in the run up to the 2016 elections. But he kept talking about the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails. And one day it's going well, the other day it's not. I got to reopen it. That impacted the election in a way that I think was unfair. Bill Barr did the right thing by not outing to the public the fact that the DOJ had this tax investigation into Hunter Biden. That was the right decision right. by Bill Barr. But when, when he does something like that, the right thing, um, uh, doesn't that then 
give you pause to consider the other things that he did that you disagree with and say, well, maybe reasonable minds are different here. Maybe I didn't have all the information he had. Maybe he did the wrong thing, but he, he didn't do it for the wrong reasons. Like, you know, it, it, it was, I mean, you have to, at some point, take into account the fact that he really kept this Hunter Biden thing hush hush. And that says something about where he's coming from. And if you just want to pretend it didn't happen, it makes it a lot easier to say, yeah, he was he's lawless and evil. But if he's lawless well, and I, evil, why did he do that? Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've pretended it didn't happen. In fact, I've given him credit publicly for that, because as I say, it was the right decision. But you know what? For 22 of my 30 years, I was prosecuting murderers in D.C. and trying RICO cases. And when you say, well, Bill Barr did something good one day, even if he did something bad the next day, what I hear is what I hear from so many of my defendants. It's like, you know, he may have killed the station wagon full of nuns, but he also went to church on Sunday no. and did some good things. That's not what I mean, I'm saying. That's not that's not what I'm saying at all, because we're, 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 I'm talking about his behavior in the same situation with regard to Donald Trump. If his if he's ready to corrupt and be lawless in the service of this anti-democratic Donald Trump and in the hunger for power, then why didn't he, at this point, when, when it really could have mattered, allow this Hunter Biden thing to be leaked? It's not, it's not like he killed this guy, but saved that old lady. It's the same old lady that he supposedly killed who he's going out of his way to protect and take care of. So it's like, there's, there's some cognitive dissonance there. I, you know, I know, I know everything, everything is just black and white for everybody when it comes to Donald Trump. And I just don't think that black and white analysis of things um, is, is actually very often correct. I just don't think it is. I think Bill Barr, if you, if you put a truth serum into Bill Barr, uh, he would not just say, I'm a fucking lawless guy and I didn't give a shit about anything but Donald Trump. I think he'd say, no, I, I thought this was right. I thought that protest needed to be controlled. I thought it could got out of hand. Uh, cops were worried. We saw what was, it's true it wasn't happening at the park, but I saw what was happening at all the other protests and I had no reason to think that this was gonna be any different since it was the same people. I heard the rhetoric, I got scared. Uh, you know, these are all, I mean, whatever. I mean, I know, whatever, I, I, I'm so over all this stuff. I, I... Yeah. Go ahead. Looks, uh, looks like you're over it. <laughs> I am, it's just because it's just, it doesn't seem related to truth. And for four years, we heard all this stuff that just turned out not to be true. And here I am, I'm trying to fact check in real time other stuff. I just can't find it. I, I'm, I'm totally ready to, to read it out loud and say, oh, he's right. You know, here it is. Nobody was injured, but I can't find it. Uh, so, okay. Uh, so let, let's, let's switch up since we talk about, uh, are you familiar, uh, Robert or Glenn, about the um, Silk Road case? The the Ross uh, Albright, the guy who who um, designed Silk Road, it's it's a dark web thing. I, I am not. No, no, no. He's not uh, Robert, do you know it? No, you haven't been I, in the dark web. You look like the perfect I, guy. You want I, to? I do have dark web browsers, uh, but not for that. Oh um, no. <laughs> I, uh, Wait. Can we talk about this this thing that's going on now with Trump and the commission and the uh, you know they want to do an audit of the investi of the election and all that stuff? Yeah, that's Glenn. What, what's your feeling on all that stuff? It sounds yeah, fun. I don't know. It, it seems to me that January sixth is the day that they're supposed to count the electoral votes, and I know people are trying to push that off and come up with commissions to look into um, alleged voter fraud. My take on that 
is, you know, when you have uh, six, more than 60, I think, cases that have been rejected by, by Republican appointed judges, Democrat appointed judges, and state judges who have run for office, because of course, federal judges are appointed by the president, but in many states you run to be a judge, just like you run to be a member of the state Senate. Um, and you have Republican judges, Democrat judges, all of whom have rejected uh, all of these claims of voter fraud. And it's in the trial court, the appellate court and the Supreme Courts, both federally and in all of the states that have taken it up. I don't think we need to push off and I don't know that there's a lawful provision to push off the the counting of the electoral votes, which is always scheduled to take place on January 6th. So I, I think that's more politics than it is election law. Can so I here's ask my question. I have a question. Can too, I ask a question? Yeah. Just because I I shouldn't be on this podcast. Listen, here's the deal. <laughs> and as a I don't know, ninety nine percent of the um, as much as you two know, or three I should say, you guys are very uh, smart and know what's going on. I don't. I write dick jokes for a living. Um, but my oh, don't sell yourself is, short, Robert. I, I have to. <laughs> um, you do other you do pussy jokes. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I do. You're right. Thank you very much. <laughs> but my question is, is that and, and these I just want to ask questions because I don't know any of this stuff and you guys seem to know this stuff. Um, so when Trump won the election and he the elect, they wanted to do away with the electoral college thing because it was stupid and useless and we should get rid of it. It doesn't make sense. The people voted for Hillary. Why now is that so important? Why now is it valid? Why now is the electoral like why? I mean, aren't they saying right now, well, uh, Biden won the elect, elect, electoral vote and he's president. Like, didn't they say that was stupid four years ago that we should get away with it? Doesn't matter. No, but Trump also lost the popular yeah. vote. This I, I know. Time. I, I know that. But why are they? Why? Why is it OK now? I told you that's the reason, because Hillary won the popular vote. I know. OK, so but but it doesn't make sense to me that it's. Didn't they want to get rid of it? And now they want to, it's fine. They're going to keep it. They kind of want to get rid of it every election. Yeah. They always want to get rid of it when there's usually when there's a split, right? When right. the electoral college goes to one candidate and the popular vote and, goes and to my, another. I, got, I, I have Go another ahead. question real quick, just to answer it. Now the, 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 the peaceful protest that was happening, all the other, like no one made a point that I wouldn't bring my, my kid or my family to a protest because of what you not because okay it is peaceful i saw a peaceful pro protest in new york my friend went to it and then all of a sudden it became violent all these protests had the potential to become very violent very fast against cops and the community and um so wouldn't it i mean you say it's a peaceful protest but it was a peaceful protest for, for for that amount of time and at any moment it could turn violent my friend was in a protest walking everybody was fine and then a group of guys came in and started yelling in cops faces and my friend was like hey we're trying to be peaceful and they attacked him and they were they were like you're a trumpy and blah and they they started they were threatening his life and it's like you know what i mean like how do you know how are we supposed to know because of all these fuck all these protests that went sour quick, what is peaceful? How how can you say those things are peaceful when they 
they turn so many times to violence? You know, it's a great question. And it's a tough job for the, the law enforcement authorities to determine, okay, when is this peaceful and when is a threat to the life or the safety of others imminent? Because when the threat is imminent, that's right. what gives law enforcement the right to exercise force. And, and you know- right. But if the law enforcement so, says, you guys have to go back and they go, fuck you, is that against the law? Are you now- so Here's the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. So answering all of these questions in hypothetical circumstances, what is a legitimate exercise in force and what steps over the line? What's an act in self-defense and what's not? Right. It's, it's, first of all, it's really difficult. And believe me, I spent 30 years with defense attorneys who second guessed right. every decision that a police officer made in the heat of the moment on a split seconds notice. And that is tough and it's often unfair to law enforcement. Right. But that is the job that they undertake when they decide, okay, I'm the kind of guy or the kind of gal who wants to put a badge on my chest and a gun on my hip and be, be authorized to order all four of us to stop our car, get out of the car, get on the ground, put us in cuffs. And if we're going to empower them with that responsibility, they're the ones who have to make that split second decision in the lawful way, in the best possible way for the citizens, both for the citizen protesters and for the people who might be but harmed if, if the every protests become violent. But if every time you pull over a car, somebody pulled a gun on you, mm -hmm. if, five, if you pulled over a car five times and every time, four of those times, somebody pulled a gun on you and tried to kill you, the fifth time you might pull that car over in a different way or you might be a little more fucked up. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you, not only watching the news, not only watching the, how these protests, hearing stories, it's like, you know, I would have loved to maybe gone down and not be participated in these protests, but seen them. I wouldn't leave my house. I wouldn't go check that out. And that's that's a peaceful protest should make people want to come out and be part of it. Yeah, and, I think these are that, you know what I'm saying. If, if, whatever side, because most of us ride the line yeah. of common and I, sense I, and I, right and wrong. I think what Robert is saying is, is excellent because. I think like 90% of us regular people, you know, that's not expert, that's not in, in the field like you or, or like, you know, just regular people, you know, and, and our listeners, I'm sure, like they want to know, just like Robert said, we want to go. But what I don't know what the law is going to be if somebody else did something. Now it's not peaceful, the whole thing. And I'm part of it. Like, I think it's very, uh, there's no uh, like specific laws that we see, right? And that's, that's the danger of it. So what would you advise like people that go to a protest? Yeah. Should they even go to it? Well, I I'm advising, to it, right? I've advised in, in recent days that people shouldn't go to the June 6th, uh, the January 6th protests that are planned. Um, you know, Trump said, come on in. It's going to be wild. I, I would I would advise that you stay away if you have the president of the United States saying, come on in, because it's going to be if, wild. What if, what if you believe in that uh call like not not to go wild but believe in the cause of it like let's say if it's if it was the other way you know uh, you know something that we believe in and and we were called out to come out for it and we want to you know yeah. how does that make us you know why would we uh, like what, what's our black and white on that you know 
There, there is no black and white. It's all gray. That's what yeah. I learned in law school. Ninety well, percent is gray. But you all, but everybody has to make the decision for themselves. Is January sixth the 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 cause that you want to get into D.C. and have your voice heard on? Because if it is, then I mean, I'm hard pressed to say don't so, exercise your First Amendment free speech rights and and don't go. Stay away. I would recommend not going when you have the president saying, "Come on in. It's going to be wild." I, that doesn't give me a good, secure feeling. But Glenn, what, I, Glenn, Glenn, hold on. So, so listen, I just want to be clear because they're all ties together. I, I didn't think it was good to clear the protesters. And there was this bullshit thing they tried to claim that this particular gas shouldn't be called tear gas, whatever it is. I think the Federalist said some, some ridiculous thing like that. I, I'm, I'm, I just think that um, I, I think that some of these calls are tough. I, I think they jumped the gun. I think they panicked. Uh, I think they panicked on that on that clearing of the protest. But you know, what you're describing now about this, about this protest on January 6th is the mirror image, you know, um, of, of, an, of a something where you, you're very worried about what might happen and the people who have to make these decisions, it's tough for them. I wanted to um, ask you, I started to say before, from another point of view as, as a patriot, what do you think is the best way to handle hundred million Americans who think that the election was um, uh, not on the up and up. You know, I, I guess, first of all, the more accurate information we can get into the public square. And I do think all of the court cases having been resolved in favor of yeah, the but election. They didn't, but they didn't really air the evidence. They all were both mostly dismissed on standing. What I'm getting at is that from just a, like, I think, just to be clear, in case you're wondering, I think this election stuff is ridiculous. I, I don't think I don't think there's any chance that Trump didn't lose fair and square. However, this idea of an audit, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see what the I know that it's very distasteful at a reflexive level to to give in to this these cynical people who are doing this for cynical reasons, many of them. But um, if there was a, a thorough transparent audit of what happened where it actually aired the evidence um maybe that would be a good thing let me let me put it another way you it's tough to convince anybody who sees a black guy um killed by a cop on a video that this is an isolated incident we have whole movements to defund the police uh and beliefs in the it, there's there's belief in what's going on in the police departments which is just as off the mark and just as unscientific as the conclusions that people are drawing from the videos that they're seeing of voter irregularities and um you know we we don't answer this stuff by saying this is ridiculous and anybody you know we're so so we're going to stand against these attempts to investigate it and to air it out because that would be giving in to the the hucksters and it's true, it is giving the, maybe it's giving the hucksters what they want, or maybe the hucksters are actually counting on the fact that they won't, nobody, that, that their bluff won't be called and they'll continue to be martyrs to this cause. Maybe, you know, careful what you wish for, Republicans, because maybe this is exactly what you don't want, which is a thorough 10 day audit of, of voting and really expose how ridiculous what you're saying is. But I just, I do compare it to, the the uh, the the uh, George Floyd thing in in a certain sense because a lot of these people are being fed uh, in their bubble a very unscientific 
view of what really went on in the election and what makes it complicated is, of course, there was some voter fraud. Of course, of course, pe- people tried to get away with stuff. Of course, there were votes that there were votes that turned up, bags of votes that turned up, you know. Um, I, I kind of think it would be better if they did the audit. Am I wrong? You know, if, if they want to put together a commission to study, you know, if I think courts of law are more the gold standard than are politicians doing things to retain power or acquire power. Can you point so, me to a court case where they where they actually went over the evidence of this stuff? I mean, I, I've, I've read the blurbs from all of the judges who have announced their findings, but no, I didn't sit in those courtrooms I to try see to them. see what Giuliani actually presented that the judges found unpersuasive. But, um, but I think if they want to set up a commission, what you don't do, in my opinion, is stop democracy in its tracks. You don't say, okay, we're not going to certify the elections um, because we want to have you know, commissions and investigations into what 60 some odd courts, state and federal trial, appellate and Supreme Republican and Democrat judges have ruled no voter fraud. I I think that's more the gold standard than what I hear from politicians left or right. So you want to set up a commission to spend the next six months studying this, then you know what members of Congress have at it. We can't stop you from doing what y'all politicians do. But no, I don't think you stop democracy in its tracks. Not, not to mention given they recounted Georgia and they did a lot of things. Already. Three times and they did the signature verification. And they still, so, Robert, and yet Trump still said it's all fraudulent. So, you know, and, a, a, a lot of times, a lot of times, I, you know, a lot of times I think the counterintuitive take needs more careful thinking about. It. I'm just wondering if, you know, if you call stopping democracy in its tracks, you've kind of, it's kind of a conclusory statement. They would say, no, this is a legal process. You can't call a legal process stopping democracy in its track. But that, without getting into that, I'm just wondering if at the end of a 10-day audit, giving all the pros and cons of it, if it were done in a, in a correct way, and that's a big if, would the country be worse off or better off at the end of that 10 days? I, I don't yeah. know the answer to that. I don't, think, I don't think the answer to that is easy. It seems to me in those court cases, a lot of them were like, how many votes are you talking about? Well, that's not enough votes to have changed the outcome and you don't have standing. So we're not, we're not going to get into it. I haven't seen, maybe this happened like where they really got into the nuts and bolts, but even if they have, I mean, you have, you have smart people. I'm astonished by the number of smart people who are, who, who, who are going for this or who find that this is plausible that Trump actually had the election stolen from him. I'm just astonished by it. And I keep thinking, well, these are smart people. What well, would convince smart, otherwise? Because it, it is quite important for democracy to um, have people believe in the in the reliability of elections. That that's not a minor thing. And right now, for whatever reason, we don't have that, and we didn't have that prior. People thought Stacey Abrams had the election robbed. People thought Hillary. A majority of Democrats thought that Hillary Clinton that the Russians actually hacked the results. Right. This was so. This is not just start. It's just growing and growing. It's like how do we break out of this? It's not. It's not that easy. To me, these, these, I don't know, just not, just not an easy consideration to me. I don't know what the right answer is. Robert, you've been in shows like Elastic Comics standing aside. Did you ever feel robbed in the, in the voting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny that yeah. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, let me tell you something that I spoke in front of Congress and the Senate when I was 18 
I was flown to speak. And look how it uh, turned around. <laughs> with, uh, with, cause I was a juvenile delinquent and I, I turned it around and I won an award and they flew me out there to speak and oh, represent wow. this place. And I sat with, I had dinner with Janet Reno and Robert Kennedy's daughter. And we sat at table number one. And, but I just, it was, it was funny because being in show business now and being at these parties, showbiz parties, it's so similar to show business. Uh, the, the, the senators and the, the, the hierarchy and, Really? You know, the, 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 the fakeness these people have with each other, because I would hear somebody talking about somebody, what a piece of shit they were. And then they'd come over. Hey, it was very nice to meet. It was just weird, very similar to show business uh, yeah. po politics. Um, but I mean, I, I'm with Gnome. I, I just want to know, Glenn, what'd you get for Christmas? What did I get? For, I got it's, it's, I got the ear pods that I have. My my wife oh. was uh, good enough to give me ear pods. I think because she was tired of me borrowing hers. Um, I'm not an electronics guy. I can't send an email without starting a fire. I only touch the computer when I have to. My office is still all legal pads and, so, hold and on. Manila, How are you so manila folders, Twitter and YouTube and all that. Uh, you know, I retired from the feds two and a half years ago. I was never on social media, not one minute before I retired, in part because it's discouraged. It's not prohibited. Um, but I was apolitical for 30 years because we operate under the Hatch Act, which says we cannot participate in political activity. So all I've ever done in my life is vote. Um, and so then I had to learn, OK, what the heck is Twitter and how do I tweet? And then, OK, well, what is YouTube? And um, started talking on MSNBC. And so, you know, this has been an interesting second act for a guy who really just wanted to be in the courtroom, which is all I ever did. I didn't want to climb the bureaucratic ladder at the Department of Justice and be a muckety-muck. I just wanted to stay in the courtroom. I just wanted to help homicide victims. I wanted to do right by the defendants. I mean, when I was chief of homicide in D.C., I was responsible for supervising 30 federal homicide prosecutors. And I said, you know, first and foremost, we're here to protect the right of the defendant by doing everything constitutionally and in yeah. accordance with so, the so law. So hold on, if this was rules. law and order, which one would you be? I don't watch law and order. I oh, never don't? watched oh. that TV show. I, I would be the prosecutor, whoever the prosecutor on law and yeah. order was. But I are you like the head of the prosecutor? Like you tell him like you did this and you do this. Well, I was so my my chief of homicide was Bob Mueller when I was becoming a federal homicide prosecutor. And then he Bob left to go to San Francisco to the U.S. attorney's office. And then a couple of years later, I took over as the chief of homicide. But I also carried an active caseload. So I was chief, but I was in court uh -huh. all the time trying murder cases with my my fellow prosecutors. That's what I enjoyed doing, if helping the family of somebody. Would, huh? Which I, one would you be about? If this is law, I would be the mechanic that you would come up to and be like, hey, did you see? And I'd be like, yeah, he's over there. Uh, <laughs> oh, you'd be the snitch? Is that what you're saying? I, I was actually on law, all four, all three law and orders. All four, I've been on all of them. Oh, really? Uh, all three of them, I've been on one twice, yes. One of the greatest gigs as an actor in New York City to be on yeah. law and order. Uh, and one that Colin Quinn never been in, just to... <laughs> just 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 to, to add so i uh, want to know is this all going to go away when biden goes in and he's the president 
and Kamala is the vice president and everything's going is all the pro is all this violence is all the protests is all, are we going to be able to go and join New York city again? Is, 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 is it going to go back to the matrix or are we going to be, is this a new way of life? Is this every election cycle? Are we going to have to deal with this bullshit of, you know, everybody hate not being able to talk to anybody. If you say one thing, they're going to call you a Trumpy. If you say this, you're a fucking lib. And are we going to go back to normal or is this just a I'll, new I'll, I'll let Glenn answer, but I want to say just one thing to that is like, there's so many people that have jobs because of that, that they're not going to let it go. The, the love, you know, this old thing, you know? So they love being, uh, you know, against each other. Just like, oh, but look how many people in the media will have no job if Trump is not there. But uh, Glenn, go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, the answer is I have no idea. I would like to see us get back to civility and talking about political issues, which frankly, I don't care about all that much. If you're, you know, if you're pro-life or you're pro-choice or you're the pro this or you're anti that, God bless you. And I'll fight for your right to be on one side of it or another. Those are not my issues. My issues are, I wanna see a government where we have elected and appointed officials that we can trust and have confidence yeah. will do the right thing and will not rob us blind. That's really all I care about, left, right, or center. So, so let, let me ask I you hope this. we can get back to civility. Yeah. So let me ask you that. Would it matter where Trump lives after? Meaning if he come to New York, he probably would be charged of something. But if you go to like, say, Florida, lives in Florida or something, like, would it matter what, what, what would he, like kind of like Epstein, like he, they got him only when he was like, no? No, it won't. It won't matter unless he goes to a country that we don't have an extradition agreement or an extradition treaty with. That would be the only way he would kind of beyond, be beyond the long arm of the law. But if he remains in the United States, if any state happens to indict him, it looks like New York is closest to that maybe. When I saw Cy Vance hired some really expensive forensic uh, expert accountants, I can tell you as an old prosecutor, you don't start hiring expensive expert forensic accountants or witnesses, expert witnesses of any kind, unless you're moving toward charging somebody because they don't come cheap. But what if he doesn't come to New York? Can they charge him still, even if that- Yeah, he can still be charged and he can be brought from wherever he is in the United States to, um, to answer to the charges in New York. Hmm. Well, he knows a guy in North Korea, so, you know. His buddy, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen. I, I just feel like I don't know if we should, like, pursue, try to get ex-presidents in trouble, no matter what. It just, like, seems like a... Like it's 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 the beginning of the end of the democracy. I'm with you that anybody that committed something, he should be charged. But so are, all presidents did something, you know. Um, and even like the other thing, like I want to talk to you about uh, Blackwater's thing. And they say now he he uh, he did the international law. He's uh, he's violated the international law. Well, this is yeah. not the first time. But Hudson, this is a perfect example. You have you have people running for office on the platform that they're gonna they're gonna find dirt on Trump and prosecute. Yep, absolutely. Now, that's lawless. Absolutely. That, that's yeah. way more lawless than anything we've discovered so far. That is not the way uh, uh, the law enforcement is supposed to work. You don't, you don't, you don't run for office saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find dirt on Hatem and put him in jail. Yeah. Um, and people are cheering for this sort of thing. And, if, and, if, and if imagine if you heard a New York, pro well, you can't be a federal prosecutor or whatever saying that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round up Trump and his family. I'm going to find stuff on them. Now you're the president. You're like, fuck it. I'm pardoning my kids. Yeah. Like, 
Why wouldn't you like, why wouldn't I? Because yeah. people are going to criticize me. People are going to criticize me, hate me no matter what I do. But Isn't this if, the best power if, though to pardon people? I mean, I'm, I'm saying like, you, you shouldn't, I don't like the, you know, pardoning your family, whatever it is. But if I heard prosecutors running for office on the promise to find something on my family and put them in jail, I would pardon them. <laughs> I would. That's a true power. Wouldn't, like, wouldn't that's you? Stupid, wouldn't you, Glenn? Pardon power. Um, you know, it's, 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 it, it, it's hard to look at the way he's exercised the pardon power and agree with, with much of what he's done. Um, you know, no, I'm not talking office, about those. I'm talking about the, the well, what, what's the proper reaction? Do you agree that these people running for office saying they're going to get Trump without having evidence that he committed a crime? You know, this is, this is completely improper. It's almost disbarment level behavior, in my opinion. Here's where I'll agree with you. If people are saying somebody's committed a crime and there's zero evidence of it, well, that's wrong, right? You know, I, I happened to look at volume two of the Mueller report, which documented as many as 10 obstruction of justice offenses. And I say, okay, there's evidence of crime there. But that's not so, what they're running about. They're not running on that. No, but I'm, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think it's an all or nothing proposition when it comes to, to Trump. Now, I don't think politicians, any of them should run on, I want to lock up a whole bunch of uh. people and I have no evidence that they okay. broke the law. Listen, this is, what, this, this is something I worry about. I'm a business owner. I'm worried about keeping my head down sometime. Let's say I piss, somebody hates me in, in, and they decide we're going to take a fucking fine tooth comb into Dwarman's finances. We're going to check every valuation. We're, we're going to, there's got to be something we can find on this guy. And even if we can't put him in jail, we'll bleed him in legal fees, whatever it is. That's what's going on here. This is an outrage. Right. This shouldn't be happening. This you should be disbarred for such things. This is exactly the opposite of what our law enforcement system is supposed to be. Yet people are cheering this sort of thing. And now Trump's there. And I, yeah, of course, some of these pardons are, are, are just beyond outrageous. I'm not defending these pardons. I'm saying if they're saying this stuff about my family, I'm like, I'm going to pardon my family because why shouldn't I protect them? What they're doing is being um, they're being threatened with improper behavior. Of course, I'm going to pardon them. So, so oh, the, he'll pardon. He'll pardon his family. He should. Uh, what I'm saying that, is, he should. Agree. He <laughs> should. Uh, and I'm saying you would too. Uh, we all uh, would if that if we heard. No, I, 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 I would. Wait a minute. That way. Stop. I would not pardon my wife. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, 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 I would not. I, I would, would sell the pardons. <laughs> I would sell them. I was like, how much? How much? So no, me, but, but I would pardon my girlfriend, but not my wife. <laughs> it goes even it goes even deeper, Glenn, because to a person like me who is pretty nonpartisan, when I see the <laughs> I am, when Sorry, I see the pass, I'm actually I'm beyond pretty, I'm I'm extremely nonpartisan. When I see the pass that people are given for what's obviously wrong, like the way these prosecutors are talking, and I see how I I then lose all confidence in anything else that comes out of the mouths of people who have this attitude because I'm like, no, they're, they're working backwards. It's all about working backwards to get Trump. They, they present it in terms of democracy and principles and whatever it is, but that's not really what it is because if they were starting from the position of principle, they would have the same disgust with the prosecutors doing this stuff. There's all sorts of things they would be equally disgusted about, but they're not, and they never are. And yeah. th any abuse well, is okay in the service of getting Trump. And that's like, well, no, so this is just about getting Trump. Let's just be honest. And when I, when I speak to someone in my own business, when I have to take the testimony, as it were, of one employee, of a manager, 
with regard to someone I know they hate. I, I, I barely listen to it because I know that when you hate somebody, you're not going to give them a fair shake. I know that as a, as it's one of my, it's one of my um, biggest difficulties as an, as being a, to a fair boss. Liz is, doesn't no, like is having to discount you know, <laughs> any manager. When, when I know that there's bad blood between a manager and an employee and that employee is now in trouble, I really am paralyzed. I cannot take action against that employee unless I've seen it myself because I can't trust the manager anymore because I know they have a stake in it. I know that if it was their friend or one of the employees that they liked, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be complaining about this even if they did the same thing. And even if what they did is technically wrong, broke the rules, the way they blow it out of proportion, the way they are so outraged by it, but I know they would turn their heads if it was an employee they liked, you know? And this is, this is the way it is with Trump too in the press and, and the legal establishment. Anyway, go ahead. So, I mean, so, so, take the Stormy Daniels thing. The people, they're so outraged that he paid off his mistress and they would have us believe that what, what he should have done, the good and proper thing was that he was supposed to take this as a campaign expense. And they want me to believe that if Trump had, had paid his mistress as a campaign expense, these same people wouldn't be saying, who the fuck does he think he is paying his campaign, paying off his mistress from his political campaign? That's a personal expense. I know they would have said that. There was no way he was going to pay Stormy Daniels without them finding, accusing him of breaking the law. Go ahead. Go ahead, Robert. Are you saying hookers or a tax write-off? Yeah. Oh, this, you this didn't was know a that. hooker. This was a consensual affair. Okay. And she, and I she, mean, I'm, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yes. I'm and sorry. She, and she then, affair. and she then, for lack of a better word, began to extort him and he paid her off. But the thing is the law he supposedly broke was that he was supposed to pay her off from his campaign. In other words, all ladies who were donating money to the Trump campaign should have expected him <laughs> to pay this hush money from the campaign. But we know that if he had done that, there would have been a movement to say he's broken the law here. You can't start paying off your mistresses from campaign donations. That can't be right. So either way, they would find a way to get him because it's not about the principle. It's about Trump. So, Glenn, do you think we still should have presidential pardons? Yeah, I mean, it's in the Constitution. Yeah. And less than until we amend the Constitution. I mean, when Article 2, Section 2 says the president has the, par has the power to grant reprieves and pardons, there's nothing that can be done about that. I, has I think it been done before that, anybody, that, that somebody pardoned like, close people to him? Like, I know Trump is actually pardoned less people than most presidents. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, Clinton pardoned his half-brother, right? Um, so yeah, there, there have been pardons that, it, that felt wrong, that were familial for sure. It just seemed like you're doing favors for your family members, but you know, I, I have a real problem with the Blackwater pardons because, yeah. you know, my office spent nearly 10 years trying to hold accountable the Blackwater contractors who slaughtered all of those innocent Iraqi citizens on their own soil. Yeah. Why do you think he we pardoned brought those? I guess he was either. I, I don't know. I think a grand jury should look into it so we can figure that out. But, you know, you, you have to wonder if Eric Prince didn't play a role in that. Right. I, I don't know if he did or not, but he was the head of the Blackwater firm. And we know he's close to Donald Trump. Do we think it's some kind of a rallying cry for Trump to appeal to, you know, the the kind of folks who supported the Blackwater cause? I don't know. I think we should find out because, I mean, I think that's one of the most 
egregious violations of, of victims' rights that I've seen in my 30 years as a prosecutor. We worked so hard to hold them accountable for the mass execution of innocent Iraqis on their own soil. And I'll tell you, we brought these folks over to DC over and over and over again to testify in the grand jury, to testify at all three trials, to appear at the sentencing hearings. And I can tell you, one of my closest friends was the lead prosecutor. He has since left government. His name is Pat Martin. The citizens of Iraq, the victims and the family members of those who were murdered were one, really appreciative and two, really, really shocked that we were doing this year after year after year after year to try to vindicate what these Americans did to them on their soil. I consider that to be one of the proudest achievements of my office. That, the that, that's what makes America America. In the years yeah. I was there. And Trump undid all of that with four signatures. But didn't he like violate the, con, con, uh, the Geneva Convention? Uh, like, is the it, UN issued it? a statement saying he violated international law yeah. when he pardoned those war criminals. So, so he's, a, you know, seems that he's violating laws, both foreign and domestic, which is really not in the spirit of what elected officials are supposed to be doing. I'd like to, to you know, vote uh, uh, Norm as a president and I'll see who you're going to uh, pardon, because I'm sure you're going to pardon left and right. No, I don't like these pardons. I, I mean, they, I, I don't like when Clinton, Clinton, I mean, yeah, Clinton pardoned his brother, uh, Roger, was that name? But also he pardoned Mark Rich and then, um, but other people have pardoned, uh, I mean, Bush pardoned um, Weinberger and um, people have, you know, which was, which looked more than almost any other pardon as a way to keep somebody quiet. I mean, Trump pardoned some of these people who actually already got con convicted, but Weinberger, was Weinberger convicted? I think he par pardoned him before. No, he I think he pardoned, he, he issued six pardons as part of the Iran-Contra affair. I think five of them had been convicted, but Cap Weinberger had yeah. not yet. And he had all, and he had all the information. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot, of, a lot of presidents have dirtied themselves. Even somebody who I would say is a good man, like George H.W. Bush, he appears to have dirtied himself with these pardons. Um, what are you going to do? That's that's. Hey, can I ask a question? The uh, the this whole uh, being able to pardon people, a certain amount of people, um, this probably started as something good, right? Or was it always? No, they saw it in the movie Gladiator. Was it invented for well, sorry, this. What, why was why was this an option? Why did they? What what was this originally supposed to be for? Before it became depends on who you ask. Like in the Federalist Papers, they, they talk about granting mercy. They talk about um, uh, addressing injustices. I think the more cynical people would say, no, it's because the the folks in power always wanted to make sure they had an out from the president because they take care of one another. I mean, it. I think there are lots of opinions on it. The, I think the party line is it was supposed to. Uh, it was designed to dispense mercy to people who, for example, maybe got an unduly harsh sentence, right? Somebody who is a first time nonviolent drug offender who gets banged out for a 10 year prison term. Well, we might look at that and say, that's unjust, that's unfair. Um, so grant mercy and to right injustices is the prevailing wisdom. So who suggested to, to, to any president who to pardon because he can't know everybody that he's pardoning, right? The, the way it typically works is at the Department of Justice, there's the Office of the Pardon Attorney. They have a staff, they receive 
probably, I think, tens of thousands of requests for pardons, for sentence commutations, sentence reductions every year. They have a whole staff that evaluates them. They do the background. They do an investigation. And then they make a recommendation to the White House. Um, that's the ordinary course. That, I am told, has been largely abandoned. And Trump has just taken it upon himself, at least in this recent batch of pardons, to just say, what, what, I'm going to do when, what I'm going to do. When you get pardoned, does that, does that wipe it away? Or is it gone like it never happened? Gone like it never happened. There are no collateral wow. consequences. You're not a convicted felon if you have been to trial. Um, so, yeah, it's like it never happened. By so the way, I'm OK. It? Go ahead, Robert. What is you guys know what the worst pardon was like, the the one where we'd all be like, what the fuck? I think it's is what he described. That, These Iraqi the, the people who killed the civilians. Iraqi so this civilians. would this would be it. The Blackwater. For me, yes. Mass murder of innocent Iraqi civilians who were just trying to get through a security checkpoint to go to work. The first one killed was a young man driving his mother, who was a doctor, to a local hospital, just get trying to get through a checkpoint. Wow. Wow. Um, Robert, I, I, you know what? I just realized you have the stand. Is that is that is, is that that's just a fuck with me? <laughs> oh, do you just I realize I that? I, I messed up. That's Glenn. That's a competitive comedy club I have up. I shouldn't have put he that the, up. He uses the term loosely, but yeah. I, I apologize. <laughs> that is just, I'm going to just go back. I apologize. By the way, I, I, I kind of am sympathetic to the pardoning of Michael Flynn. That's the first name, Michael Flynn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and some of the other people caught up in this Trump thing. This, they, they, you know, when they start, when they start trotting out the Logan Act, um, it's pretty clear they were looking to find him and these people, uh, they don't belong in jail, in, in my opinion. And, and you know, by analogy to the fruit of the poisonous tree thing, there's so many things we found out now about what was going on in that investigation. I mean, if some of the people who lied to the FISA judges would go to jail, uh, then I'd see a little uh, reciprocity there. But, you know, that's not going to happen. So I, I don't see why um, Flynn should shouldn't have, I mean, he's suffered enough in my opinion, but you know. Yeah, I, I have a very different view of I that as a, as a former army JAG and federal prosecutor. Well, what's his worst crime you know, that, that Flynn? What's Flynn's worst crime? Oh, I think, I think both lying to the FBI and in his statement of the offense, he swore that he lied to the Department of Justice over and over and over again in the paperwork. What was his and lie? This is about money. It was, it was about his illegal lobbying for the Republic of Turkey. And it, you know, all of this was in his just zeal to enrich himself. But, you know, the National Maybe Security you're right. Advisor I don't know enough the, about it. Yeah. So, so Glenn, that, and, and, and uh, when it comes to the people who lied about information that made its way into the FISA court applications, I couldn't agree with you more. And I am glad to see the FBI lawyer who doctored an email and then put that false email in the string that went to the FISA court that person was prosecuted and should have been prosecuted. Did he go to again, jail? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what his sentence was or if he has been so. sentenced yet. But you know what? Again, it's not a left or a right thing. You don't play that way yeah. if you're a government official, not if you're Mike Glenn, Flynn, not if you're an FBI lawyer. Can I you can, can uh, Trump pardon himself? So two answers. Can he sign a piece of paper that says I, Donald Trump, hereby pardon Donald Trump? Yes, and he will. Will it hold up in court? I think the answer is almost certainly no. 
even well, the what Department if, like, whatever of Justice friend of says uh, that he can a day before or a couple of hours step down and Mike Pence become the president and then he can pardon him. If Mike Pence wants to write his own political obituary, he can absolutely do that. <laughs> I don't know that that Donald Trump will be able to convince Mike Pence to do that. Didn't turn out so good for Gerald Ford, right? When he yeah. did it for Richard Nixon. So, so I don't know, that's an open question. I don't believe courts will say a, a presidential self-pardon is constitutional. I yeah. think they'll throw it out. I, th I think you should do it just for one reason, to fuck with Joe Biden, because Joe Biden already printed everything, says the 46th president, but now Mike Pence will be the 46th president, so Joe Biden have to reprint everything, the 47th president now. So, 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 so Trump, you, do you think Trump is going to go to jail at some point in the future? I think, yes. I think there's a very good shot. Uh, I think so the first indictment gonna... will... We're not going to have, we're not going to see The Apprentice again. Probably uh, not. Fuck. Un unless it's the Apprentice Prison Edition. <laughs> that would be a great show, by the way. That would get ratings, right? That yeah. would get, yeah. With what people like to watch now, that would actually get fucking great ratings. Orange is the new orange. And just to <laughs> let you know that our Secret Service. <laughs> our Lenny! Woo! Yeah. That was a fucking I'll be, good I'll be one. Here I all might. Week. Thank you. That's I might that steal good. that one, Glenn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, Secret Service doing their job well. They took Noam for questioning for some of his comments in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to have to bounce in a minute, guys. I got another uh, interview to do. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll end it here. Glenn, it was, it was a pleasure meeting you, uh, really. And uh, I, I, I would just, I'm not sure that he was convicted of, of the lying about Turkey. I think he was convicted of lying about Kislyak. No, I said in the statement of the offense, if you'll read it, he admitted to lying to, to the Department of Justice and the paperwork he filed about his lobbying to Turkey. He was convicted of a 1001 false statement to the FBI, but as part of his plea, he admitted to lying and filing false paperwork to the Department of Justice. Um, all right, well, uh, Glenn, thank you so much. Do you wanna show your information how people can find you and all that? Yeah, a uh, couple of places. So I am on um, YouTube. It's just run my name, Glenn Kirshner. I'm on Facebook recently. Um, uh, I think that's Justice Matters with Glenn Kirshner on Twitter. I'm on Patreon. If you want to go over and more formally support the team justice efforts, we've got a bunch of projects that we're working, um, including getting into the courts and doing some citizen court watching once the courts are up and running again. So um, yeah, Patreon, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all over. And you guys have to go to watch uh, 2021 America's Year of Justice. It's a, it's a, it's the first video right now on his YouTube. I loved it. It was just amazing. Uh, you really gotta give it a watch, Robert. Thank you. I, I just want to say I really like Glenn. What a really. Yeah, I like Glenn I'm, too. I am gonna go. I think I'm gonna go join your Patreon, Glenn. Really? And you have to follow, I appreciate follow him that, Robert. Too. He's really and, I, and I love and I love the and I love the give and take with Gnome too. I mean, it's um, it, it's not a one size fits all, and it's not a one sided argument. It is, and as long as you know we can do it civilly and go at each other, based on our beliefs of what kind of a government, what kind of a future we want, I think, you know, it's a beautiful. Glenn, would thing. you would you pardon Norm if you were president? No. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, where can people follow you? Um, all my stuff is at patreon.com slash Robert Kelly. I do a bunch of shows out of the shed and uh, live from the shed. I do interview shows. I interviewed Noam. I'd like to interview Glenn maybe someday after the Let's pandemic. Smoke a cigar in my shed. We'll talk. And uh, all my other stuff's up there. Patreon.com slash Robert Kelly. 
And I have a big show on the 30th at the uh, Wall Street Theater in Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, but if you can't go, it's worldwide pay-per-view. Uh, you can order it anywhere in the world and stay home and watch it from your house. Uh, go to robertkellylive.com for, uh, for the information on that. And we'll have all these links in the description below. Noam, you want to say anything before we end it? No, no, I'm just happy that this is all coming to a, uh, going to be over soon. I'm so sick of the age of Trump. I'm so, I, I, I really, it, it's, I'm, I'm happy it's over. Yeah. Well, Glenn, yeah, thank you so much. And when you, when things uh, come down, come visit us in New York. We'll have a watch Robert. Hopefully you will laugh, but yeah, he's really funny. We'll smoke a cigar. Got it. Yeah. I look forward to it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.